Hey everybody, welcome to the Sour Mash podcast. Uh, we are Sour Mash Tours, uh, Louisville's first and only guided walking bourbon experience. Um, I'm Dylan. And I'm Andy, and this is take two. We just uh, thought we recorded <laughs> 10 minutes of podcast. We just, we just spun some gold. and uh, just, absolute gold. It was good stuff. And I don't then know if we can recreate stopped. it. Yeah. We're going to try our best because we have some very special guests yeah, here. First off, let's say Danielle isn't here. Danielle is gone. So she's, she's gone, with us. Like, for good. No, she's, she's, <laughs> she's still, she's she's still working because it's, it's that time of year where you have to meet those deadlines. So she's with us in spirit, um, and uh, we'll be back with us next time. Uh-huh, spirit. That's actually a pretty good play on words, considering yes, our guests that we have here, Because we're here with right? Matt and Jason from the Central Kentucky Spirit Society. Um, they brought us some lovely gifts, some great tasting glasses, that, which we'll talk in detail about, which we already talked about on the unrecorded uh, version of this podcast. Let's just act like that never happened. I'm going to keep referring to it. Um, it can't even be a lost episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Matt and Jason, do you guys want to talk a little bit again about um, <laughs> the society well, that y'all have started? Yeah, um, my name is Matt. Um, I'm the treasurer of the Central Kentucky Spirit Society. Um, we're basically a nonprofit. We're a 501c7. We're a social club, and the mission of the social club is to advance the goals and recreations and pleasures of that club. Um, we're fanatics and enthusiasts about spirits, not only our native bourbons, but also world spirits. Um, one of the things that, uh, you know, um, you, you know, for the last 10, 15 years, if you've lived here in the Kentucky area, in the heart of bourbon country, you've seen this huge transformation of the, of the industry. And it's not only happening here, but it's happening around the world. So, I mean, you have great spirits being produced in the Caribbean and South America with their rums, Mexico with their tequilas. Um, you know, uh, across the pond, Scotland and Ireland are producing wonderful whiskeys, but also places you wouldn't normally think of, like Western Europe, you know, with France is producing wonderful Armagnacs and Cognacs and Brandies. Um, I just had a single malt last night that was from Austria, 12-year-old single malt, fantastic mm. whiskey. Barley-oriented, the mash bill, but it was really, really good. Um, India, Japan, Australia, you know, places that most people don't really think, you know, that's not somewhere you think to get your whiskey. Well, let me tell you, the Japanese know how to make whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> so. One of the, and you know, you guys came in and we did a little bit of research about the society before you um, before we started the podcast. But um, I guess the focus on other world whiskeys and other world spirits is something that I didn't know if I really expected. Everybody right now, you got the Bourbon Society here in Louisville. Everything is so bourbon centric here mm -hmm. in in our city, including us. But it's uh, it's nice to know that you all have that wide focus, I guess. We do. Um, <clears throat> we're all, you know we're not going to ignore our native spirit. That would be really silly, you know. There's, we make great stuff. Yeah, you can't. absolutely. We're the huge bourbon fans too. Yeah, we're not ignoring. Jason and I are. You know, yeah. we have broad palates. <laughs> That's not an understatement. But um, um, it actually the society kind of grew out of the, of another society in, in a little ways. The the Frankfurt Bourbon Society. Um, they had a you know a cap, and so there was kind of a need to maybe probably you know see if we could grow that in another way, and um, so uh, we were able to. Uh, the president of that society, Charlie Jones, is a attorney in Frankfurt. He was able to set us up with our articles of corporation and get us our our five hundred one c seven status as a nonprofit. Um, but we kind of you know wanted to create like an overflow too for that society, mm -hmm. um, and also introduce them to other spirits there's other things I mean one of the things that you know all of us here you know we've all 
you know, we've grown up around here. We've all been to the liquor stores, especially in the last, you know, four or five years with lotteries and, you know, dealing with the headaches of allocation of all of our favorite spirits. And, you know, I don't know if you all read uh, Bourbon and Banter, but, you know, uh, I think it was uh, their uh, um, their owner and, and uh, one of their major contributors is uh, Brett Atlas. Or so Art. the guy that goes by Pops? I th- well, one of them wrote an article <laughs> last week about, you know, you don't have to chase bourbon. And you're right. I mean, yeah. come on, guys. And I'm blind, man. I've seen bottom shelf bourbon destroy premium bourbon. Mm-hmm. And, um, but um, long story short, you know, I got tired of doing that kind of stuff, and and I and then serendipitously I got by a scotch <laughs> introduced me to scotch, and and my hair was blown from there, and and uh, you know I've gone off in way different directions. I don't chase bourbon. I still have a healthy collection, and I still have a healthy appetite for bourbon, but I just don't. You know, I go and get things that I like right off the shelf, right. you know, barrel mm-hmm. picks, and and uh, you know, and, and just the standard bottlings of things I like. It's interesting that you mentioned uh, bad bourbons or bad bourbons, cheaper mm-hmm. bourbons, beating high-end bourbons and blind tastings. I thought it was funny. if you, I don't know if you guys Your, read the, the Fred Minnick mm-hmm. article recently. Mm-hmm. So he went through and he did a grand tasting of like uh, 20 different spirits and gradually whittled it down to two. And the headline of the article was, an underdog wins. Right. That underdog happens to be a $500 MSRP or $300 MSRP bottle of uh, 15-year blended uh, barrel bourbon. So is it really an underdog (laughs) if it's uh, 15 years, $300? It has to be an underdog because no one's had it. Right. (laughs) Because it's so hard to get, right? Yeah. Only only a few people have tried it. That barrel is also, you know, it's it's not been around too long. It's it's kind of a craft, you know, sourced stuff, Mm -hmm. which... Some of their past releases have been phenomenal, mm-hmm. and they've even ventured into rye and rum and, and the same thing. But you know, just like anything now, you won't touch that bottle even if it was fifty bucks. Because once Fred says it's the best, then everybody's looking for it. Everybody's like the, gonna like go the seven. He, oh yeah, yep. he said that was his best everyday bourbon, and suddenly everybody's searching for it's it. And, the shelf right now. and he's yeah, it. and he's the one who kind of let the cat out of the bag about the Henry McKenna. Yep. So would yeah. that be considered an influencer? I, I, I think <laughs> so. that's probably think a good way to put it. Yeah. So Jason, tell us a little bit about kind of the, the membership. So it struck me that there's 12 members, which was smaller than I thought, but you've got just a, a crazy roster of uh, VIPs in the industry. Yeah, we, um, you know, this is a credit to Tony, or, uh, you know, our president again, Tony. And we just started. I mean, the, yeah, uh, we the membership. launched the society November 6th. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. you're they're, they're, they're brand new. 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 Yeah. 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 We, the, the we concept. just had our first event, our first tasting yep. event uh, yep. on December 6th, and that was out at Commonwealth Tap, and it went great. Nice. And uh, we were able to attract two more people into the society. Um, but um, we're, we're a fledgling society. We um, we're just starting, but we have we're very excited about this. And then some some of the things that have come up. I mean, I um, have been incredible. Um, I was telling you all, you know, before we uh, started recording, I was telling you about you know um, our board. Our board's incredible. I mean, our president Tony Manichella. I mean, he's a certified specialist in spirits uh, with the Society of Wine Educators, which is you know very res- well respected in the industry. He has over 15 years in the industry experience doing tastings and judging, excuse me, um, um, doing judgings. And um, 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 our vice president, Steve and, Steve uh, Gandolfi, Gandolfi. Uh, he's also a certified spirits uh, through the Society of Wine Educators, but he's also an executive bourbon steward through the Stave and uh, Thieves Society, um, which I'm also a member of, and you two are as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, 
but uh, he's also a Cicerone. He's been through that school, the beer school. So we have a, um, an interesting uh, person there. And then uh, Kenny. Owens um, Commonwealth Tap. Owens Commonwealth mm-hmm. Tap uh, and, and uh, Androsi. Um, he's also a certified sommelier in wine, um, but he also has a, a deep passion and interest in spirits and, uh, and, and also in craft beers and so forth. Um, so the, um, Candace, are, you know, she's, One of the whiskey she's chicks a certified specialist in the whiskey yeah, chick. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Danielle's so, a member of the whiskey chick. Okay, so, yeah. we, yeah. we, um, so we're a diverse group, and then Jason's an enthusiast, and I'm, a, you know, um, I'm self-taught other than you know the, the going through the certifications to the, the society here in Louisville, but you know my all my Scotch and, and Irish background and stuff that I have a great interest in is all just self-taught where I've just read the right people you know Michael Jackson you know David Broom, um, uh, Lou Bryson you know mm-hmm. people in the industry um, that I uh, highly respect. Very Absolutely, nice. and I you know I I appreciate that you guys came in and you know we were talking about how you know. Bourbon is kind of what we focus on here in Louisville. It's what we've kind of built upon, um, especially, you know, what we do with Sour Mash. But, you know, we always like to put that little wrinkle in there on our tours where we say, oh, we're going to throw a rye whiskey in on you. We're going to we're gonna take you to our great partners at Copper and Kings and say, you know, try their absinthe, try their gin. And, you know, you guys were generous enough to bring in um, a lot of different things for us to try. And you actually didn't bring any bourbon at all, <laughs> which, was, which was really cool and really great surprise. Um, and we have these cool little tasting glasses that we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but you know, um, you, you brought us something that you wanted to blind taste. Um, so, uh, if we want to, we want to talk about the glass and then talk about what we have in the, uh, in the glass, it'd be awesome because I was pleasantly, um, surprised at what I've got out of the, the glass for sure. Well, um, the president of our society, um, is also an ambassador for the neat glass. Um, the neat glass, um, it's it's designed by engineers. It's basically it's neat. It's pretty neat. <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? It enhances the the nosing experience, and that, mm-hmm. you know, for us uh, whiskey geeks, um, that's a big part of it. It really is. It allows all the alcohol fumes to kind of escape up the middle, and then the uh, you know the uh, esters and the the contrainers, you know, the things that give off those aromas, um, you know, kind of rise up and kind of rest on that rim of the glass. Yeah, and it's. It's awesome. When I was talking to, uh, you know, when I first opened it up, I was talking to Jason, and he was just like, it looks like an old school, like, spittoon that you'd see in a saloon back in the Old West. Um, and it was pretty funny, but, like, you, you really kind of get the, the idea of what, you know, what it's trying to do. You know, and you said that, um, you know, this is your taster whenever you get something new. For sure, yeah. If, it, if, if it's the first time that you've had something, it's well worth putting it in that glass to really get the full appreciation. I think, you know, these glasses have evolved, mm-hmm. and obviously this is proof that they're going to continue to do so. I think yeah. so. Um, and this here, you know, you can really, you know, you can swell it really nicely. Um, the warmth of your hand's going to, you know, allow that to, to produce even more um, aroma up on the rim of the glass. Um, it, it's it's interesting. There's a, there's a competitor in the East um, called the Cradle Glass, and it has a similar technology that they use. Um, the owners of... Uh, Cradle Mountain Whiskey in Tasmania, Australia, um, produce that, but you don't see many of them in the States yet. Um, you can order that, I believe, through Amazon. But this here is fantastic, and it's an American product. And, and, well, and it's also, uh, if you do join our society, it's one of the things that you get with your membership. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you, know, you do get a glass. Um, 
I guess we can talk a little bit about you know the memberships Absolutely. you know at, at twelve, <laughs> but yeah. that's because it's been just a couple weeks. Um, and as Matt alluded to there, we, we did have our first kind of kickoff event at Commonwealth. Um, we did do some. It was a blind tasting mm-hmm. of all whiskey, but it was that was one of them. Of course, the uh, the blind oh, yeah, tasting we, that we did we here. Did, we did, uh, <laughs> these, so we did. This was a room of bourbon people. We yeah, did a blind tasting. Matt brought a bottle wrapped in a brown paper bag and poured us. We had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that it might be a rum at first, and I had I had no earthly idea, but I, I said it wasn't a scotch because I don't like scotches famously. And you like this, and I and I loved this. I thought it was really really good. And then I guess he was maybe it was going to be a scotch. Yeah, <laughs> I was afraid it was going to be a scotch, and I was just going to be discredited. You need, to, you need to open your heart up to our friends in Scotland. Apparently, that's what I'm going to be I think you'll find some scotches I, that you like. We'll have to get together again with with all scotch. That's know? hey, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Open up the open up my mind. Yeah, but if you I approach these uh, blinds with an you know an open mind, you'd be surprised what yeah. your palate likes. That's yeah. true. Um, Absolutely. So we had a room of bourbon people, and we started out. Um, it was a blind, but I go ahead and you know obviously tell everyone what it was. We had a, a Canadian rye, twelve-year-old Canadian straight rye. We had um, a ten-year-old um, Highland um, Scotch or Speyside, which uh, I think it's a Highland. Highland, yeah, yeah. it's a Highland Scotch. And then um, um, then we had a, a Japanese uh, lightly peated whiskey. Yeah. Hmm. And then we had the uh, uh, fusion. Yeah, the, the amber the, fusion. The India. The Indian whiskey. Yeah. Mm. And the two favorite whiskeys. Surprisingly, all of them, certain people picked each one of them as their favorite whiskey, but con- the consensus was they liked the rye and they liked that amaranth fusion. Okay. So, so this, the rye that you brought us that was in the had, a, had a great um, <laughs> nose of creme brulee, I think, uh, mm-hmm. vanilla extract, maple yeah. syrup. I mean, th- this glass really does the trick. I mean, it uh, cuts down on that alcohol burn. Yeah. Uh, and I love drinking out of it too. So it's like a waterfall scotch. of spirits coming down. In yeah, <laughs> I had castring scotch, castring whiskey, um, bourbon in this, and it just it, it cuts completely through the alcohol and mm-hmm. ethanol fumes. You don't get that burn. Um, it just amplifies the nosing experience. I mean, it wakes up the olfactory. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, do you want to talk about this? What you brought? Oh yeah, specifically. Uh, well, I, I, we were in a blind here, and, and both of you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a twelve. Neither of us got it. No, it's a in twelve. The unrecorded portion of the. <laughs> but this here is a twelve-year-old straight rye. Um, it's a uh, Canadian straight rye. Uh, it's called Pendleton, nineteen ten. Um, it's uh, brought in. in uh, it's imported actually uh, by uh, uh, um, Hood River Distillers. Uh, they're a distillery out there in uh, Hood River, Oregon. It's been around since nineteen thirty-four or five. Um, they were the first distillery to get their license after prohibition in the state of Oregon. They mm. did um, they did fruit wines and brandies because of all the excess of you know uh, apples and pears and berries you know that are grown in the region by the farmers. Anyway, um, they bring in this Canadian wonderful whiskey. They cut it with water from the uh, Hood River, and they bottle it. Um, it's bottled. Lo- I would like it a little higher ABV. I'm not one of these guys that need cash drink, but. I like it amped up a little bit, but I'm also a firm believer in low, you know, 40% getting a lot of flavors out of whiskeys too. Mm-hmm. I was shocked how much flavor and nose I got from an 80 proof spirit. Right. 
Yeah, a lot of times you get pretty, you know, sometimes you get some muted flavors and you don't get a lot of that, like, full body. But, I mean, you you get something right off the bat with this. I mean, there's no there's no lingering taste. I mean, you get it right, you know. The first time I ever nosed it and tasted it, it did remind me of vanilla extract. Like, I was in, you oh, yeah. know, I was in the kitchen. You know, it's full going. We're holiday cooking with cookies and, mm-hmm. and you know, we're making pies and, and uh, you know, just all the, you know, the baking spices, allspice, nutmeg. Um, and then that's wicked maple syrup. Mm-hmm. It's oh yeah, you know it's maybe that's it, the Canadian coming out. Of it probably is, but I mean it's uh, nuts because it's it's sweet. You know, typically for me, you know, with rice, I get more of that like herbal yeah, like spice the rye that we're drinking. Sure. Yeah, we're yeah well, right now. absolutely. Yeah, we've we've switched over to uh, Jason. What do we have there? Uh, Smooth Ambler's uh, Seven Year Rye, um, which is a source. Product, I love that bread. That yeah, bread. they're you know bread. that's where Smooth Ambler w- was amazing when they they first you know released their their older bourbons and ryes and they were very transparent about this isn't our distillate yet mm-hmm. you know this is a sourced but uh, even even Kentuckians fell in love with this West Virginia product right uh, it's it's really hard to leave the state when it comes to bourbon it's uh, really really hard yeah yeah but uh, I feel like High West you know Utah and uh, Smooth Ambler. Um, or probably throw, two of them. I throw in Breckenridge Distillery. That powder uh, yeah. hound that we had out That's there. That's true. Yeah, they we had the, um, they had a, a, an event not too long ago called Whiskey Live, and both Matt and I and Tony poured uh, the VIP room for that event. Wow. And, and Western or not Breckenridge? No, no, no here. Oh, okay. Okay. It was actually they they, they're, uh, Oh my gosh, their rep, uh, yeah. Jessica or Jesse. She's part owner of the of she the company. She was incredible. The she came mm-hmm. up and uh, she came up to the VIP tent and brought. Some of their uh, oldest stock whiskeys, which they call their Powder Hound, I think it was their first batch, mm-hmm. and it's a blend of their oldest stocks. But it was just so rich. I mean, it was one of the better bourbons I've tasted in a while. And and I'd say right now the bourbon that I like a lot right now is I love that. Um, I like that Boone County, the mm-hmm. the twelve uh, year old oh, yeah. single mm-hmm. barrel. I've gotten two of those, and then just the regular standard ten and the twelve over the last years, and that's. Probably my favorite bourbon right now. That cast strength stuff was amazing. It's amazing. And, yeah. and it was a little scary for people because it was a new product. Um, it was over $100. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people shied away a little bit at the beginning. But if you were lucky enough to pick that up, I mean, it's it's completely gone now. But, um, man, it's, it's, it's amazing. I never heard of them. I'm back to Breckenridge real quick. But I never heard of them before. And they're extremely well um um, decorated with their awards, I was really impressed with them. And they have a. She was kind enough to give me the bottle of the, of the uh, port finish, mm-hmm. their standard bourbon, and um, I like that a lot too. Really good. Yeah, it's you know proven that there's a lot. There's a lot up of comers outside yeah. of Kentucky that are out there. People that are and testing not, the waters. They're not there yeah. to knock down the big boys. No, it's not going to happen. Big boys do other things great, man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I remember when I first started really getting into this stuff uh, five or six years ago is when Breckenridge first came out. And at the time, it was, I don't believe that it was being distributed here. So um, a friend of mine that I worked with, Tracy, brought some back from Colorado. And um, it was this two-year bourbon that allegedly like took down Pappy Van Winkle in some spirit competition. So I think they got a little bit of momentum from that. I wasn't super impressed with it at the time, and for whatever reason, I just haven't gone back to it. But this is—I uh, think this conversation is going to inspire me to give it another shot. Well, I've never had—I mean, uh, it's not that I shy away from craft whiskeys. It's more of a dollar for me. I mean, mm-hmm. if I've got forty, fifty dollars, sixty dollars, I'm probably going to put it towards a single malt than I am uh, a high-end craft bourbon. But mm. occasionally, you know, I'll buy one, and 
Um, I didn't have to take a gamble on that. I was, you know, fortunate enough to be there to taste that, and then mm -hmm. they were so uh, magnanimous with giving me a bottle. But um, anyway, that one really impressed me a lot. But the Boone County really impresses me for, yeah. I, for a really good craft whiskey locally. Yeah, and thinking about craft whiskey kind of reminds me of, of what we just did recently. We we popped in on uh, Peerless, uh, oh, yeah. and we actually tried their uh, their triple barrel. So they had a they had an accidental triple barrel product that they ended up having. Um, and so we we were at the Frasier um, checking out their new exhibit, which is amazing. Highly so, recommend. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're becoming the, the gateway of the bourbon trail, basically. So they, they put a lot of money into kind of researching everything about the history of bourbon, and it's a really cool exhibit that um, they have a speakeasy there. You can go and grab a, grab a cocktail, do all that kind of good stuff. And so... You know, we were there just to, to meet with them and talk to them a little bit about what they were doing. And then, um, you know, they, they actually said that Peerless was doing a special tasting that day. So we just happened to have a little bit of time. So we popped in. It was, it was what, 12 o'clock? Yeah. It was lunchtime. Lunch you know, time. Andy's employers don't listen to this. I'm yeah, kind of on a break fine. right you now, so it's all good. <laughs> you make me, you make me think uh, yeah. during the summertime, I mean, talk about being a whiskey geek. So, you know, kids get the cultural passes. Like, well, where are we going? Let's go to the Fraser, kids. We want to go to the Fraser. <laughs> Let's go to the Fraser and, and have a, have a tasting, right? Yeah, I'll buy you in L.A., you know. <laughs> no, but the, uh, the, the triple barrel was, was really amazing. I mean, um, you know, and Andy bought a couple bottles. He's yeah. like, yeah, let me jump in on that. And they had, what, like 200 that yeah, they said they had? Like I saw it on uh, social media. I was Instagam or Instagram. That's where I saw it first. Mm -hmm. And they advertised it. And I was like, man, I'd really like to get down there. And, you know, of course I didn't. You can but, taste some after we get done. No, that would, that, would, the other that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Super you. dark. The story is, they. so it's a three-year ride. They're, they just started distilling three years ago. Um, after a year, the barrel started leaking too much, so they rebarreled it. And after nine months, that barrel broke, so they had to rebarrel it again. So they kind of had this happy accident of this uh, rye that had been put in three new barrels in three mm -hmm. years. And it took on just so much of that uh, that charred oak flavor yeah. well, um, I think they get in a that good on, way. It gets that initial like huge surge of all those sugars and everything that's picking up from the barrel, and I got to do that three times. Yep. So, I mean, it really pulls a ton of flavor out, and it's amazing well in a young rye it can definitely be much better than a young bourbon so mm -hmm. I, I just speaking of, of rye, i just picked up uh, over the last weekend the the knob creek twice barreled rye oh, which yeah. is a new product of theirs um i'm not a huge knob creek fan mm. um it was it, it was you get the richer the richer flavors that they're, they're yeah, intending to do i there. guess i was expecting a little more because of the late you know you've got the you know the woodford double oak mm -hmm. the new old forester 1910 which is double, amazing. Mm -hmm. Twice barrel, twice, what is it? The double double oak? Yeah, there's a double no, 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 double. Jim Beam. Maybe oh. The, was it twice barrel? Something or well, the rye is the new one, the twice barreled rye. Yeah. Okay. Mm. No, no, I think they have a white label bean that they released. What, oh, yeah, there is a double double oak, uh, regular yeah. bean. It's something like twice yeah. barrel, double yeah. oak or yeah. something. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was, it was only about $45. I mean, so, you know, I, I figured I'll take a shot and. I guess just because, like I said, with with some of the the twice barreled or double double oak kind of stuff out there, I was expecting this huge, yeah, kind of in your face flavor, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or especially some some oak and some, you know, right. It's fine. I mean, hmm. it's it's a, li a little bit for me, a little bit of a letdown. But then some people hate that huge oak, you know, and they don't want that, so right. they really want you know the whiskey to come through, you know. But uh, 
It's yeah. all about balance, right? It is. I mean, and, and I think the I was just, I kind of just mentioned it, but the for me, one of the you mentioned the, the Boone County, but that that new old Forester nineteen ten, the nineteen twenty is amazing. That kind of set the standard of the the whiskey. I kind of like the bottle and bond, but the, I even like the new, I like all three. Well, now there's four. But I haven't tasted the nineteen. But the nineteen ten, it's right up my alley. I mean, if you are a fan of the the, the oak and the double oak and those kind of things, don't pass that one up. It's phenomenal. I agree. It's got a nice spice to it. I thought it was going to be closer to Woodford Double Oak. I thought yeah. it was going to be a clone of that, but it's no, already it's a different. Bomb. Well, yeah. you got. I know you guys talked about on a past podcast that mm-hmm. banana yeast, which is uh, <laughs> yeah. which it, it, that's, that's the what old forester. Yeah. You know, and, and so it, it definitely it, it, it's like Woodford Double Oak, but with old forester, you know, spin. Right. Um, and and I think it's great. I mean, absolutely. I've, I've, Messed with Andy for a long, long time, and then I was just like, "Well, you got me." Yeah, I, I get it. And so now that's our, uh, it's one of our go-to's is to do the 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 nineteen twenty, the prohibition style. I mean, we're yeah. we're all about that. Um, it's it was like one of our it was our favorite on the Sour Mash sixteen, and we yeah, just won the whole thing. Yeah, took well, it all down, <laughs> and it's available. I mean, that's yeah, the yeah. you know that, that's the key here now. If you can find something that you love that is always on the shelf, mm-hmm. man. That's yeah. That's why I'm like I'm I'm kind of getting scared about the McKenna because the McKenna sure. single barrel, you know, ten you year be. bottled and bond. I mean, thirty dollars. It's a fantastic product, and yeah. And now everywhere that I go, it's behind a counter now, and that just means that well, it won the it won the it won a medal at the uh, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, wait a minute, let me back up here. If people knew how a medal was won, (laughs) (laughs) that's really good. Yeah, what what doesn't have have a medal, right? And if one if if nineteen of them hate it, but one likes it, it gets a medal. (laughs) It's like a participation shirt. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know, um, so look. This is the most subjective thing on the planet, guys. It really is. It's oh, your taste buds. It's your palate. I mean, even you the know. same product today versus tomorrow. I could love it today and dislike it tomorrow. Oh, Speaking of this, okay, uh, they've created this great product, um, uh, Hood River Distillers. They sold this in February of 2018 to Proximo Spirits. I don't know if they're going to change it. They yeah. may. You know, it, if they don't have access to certain things, it may taste different. Yeah, different. Yeah. So kind of getting back to your all's backgrounds and what compelled you to, to form the society, how did you initially start to get really into whiskey and spirits? What, what was the, kind of the inception of that? Well, for me, I, you know, it started with bourbon and I, and I, I actually, I'm from Iowa originally, but I've, I've lived in Louisville for about 17 years now. Um, but I was into bourbon before I moved here. Not, not like I am now. Um, <laughs> What really, uh, I think the first thing that, that, that flipped a switch for me once I moved here, well, two things. One, Elijah Craig 18, when that first came out, and it was about 40 bucks and on the shelf all day. And then birthday bourbon were, were the two were kind of aha, like, wow, it can be this. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, it was all bourbon. And then I, I, I met the president of our society a few years back, and his passion is all in other areas, uh, hmm. the scotches, the rums, uh, cognacs. And he knows bourbons. I mean, he, he does. He's, he's he, just been there and done that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it's, to him, he'll tell you it's a three-hit wonder for him. It's you know, corn syrup, cinnamon, and oak, you know, or, <laughs> or something like along those lines. But, well, in the in the and it doesn't have like I, I I talked to you guys a little earlier. You know, it's a pretty narrow 
road for bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's well, pretty constrained small. by the it's it's local. The, clearly, rural, yeah, and, and and look, that's great, and it's fabulous. I, I'm not. I'm and that's why <laughs> I'm not and not that's why I had to have people like you know uh, Trey Zeller. You know, I think Trey has really pushed the boundaries of bourbon, just you know the way you know with the finishing and the different blendings and so forth. Um, so and I where's like Trey? That. Just for the just for the oh. listeners and. Uh, the co-host right here, who's just like who's, who's Tracy Jefferson. Jefferson. I'm just saying, every now and again, somebody, some name escapes me. So I'm just yeah. Well, he, he's the master. Well, it's nice of you to admit that you didn't know. Jefferson. Pass it off onto the listeners. I'm an open damn book, guys. Come on. So, but um, finished bourbons. You know, that's another thing. It's pushing the boundaries of bourbon. People right. hated Angels Envy when it came out. My God, that's a good product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of women like it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, but but that's I like hanging where out with women too. That's where Scotch is always saying. Has always succeeded. I mean, is the sherry and the different barrels oh, yeah. that they finish Absolutely. it. And that's just standard practice. Yeah. They it can is. be a little bit more malleable in what they want to do. Oh, yeah. They, they can, can be a lot more creative. Now, I mean, obviously, the most creative on the planet is the Canadians. They can do just about anything to their whiskey. It's yeah, they can add flavoring and color. Oh, yeah, and you can do whatever. Like yeah. But, yeah. Well, so back to your original. So we kind of took it with Tony, <laughs> kind of expanded um, my, definitely into scotch first. Um, and I kind of talked earlier on the uh, on the lost footage <laughs> about uh, just what they can do with scotch and and figuring out what scotch you know. There's an unpeated scotch, which is you know no there's smoke. There's a, a ton of peated, which is smoke. There's sherry. There's so really trying to figure out. It, it's a it's a long Four hard pounds. road to figure out what you like for scotch. So mm-hmm. I am absolutely not surprised when people say I don't like scotch. Um, it's just you haven't found your scotch yet, um, or you find too much scotch and you like a lot. Of well, it. yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's our problem. But but the bourbons, you know, it's they don't stray too far from each other. Obviously, some are far superior to others, mm-hmm. but um, it's just for me once my eyes were open to other things, and then it's just okay. What do you got next, Tony? Oh, rum. Okay, let's pour, let's do that. You know, and so what we really wanted to do was to offer that same thing. To bourbon drinkers, to spirit, you know, enthusiasts, and really give them the opportunity to expand that, and and I think that's what we'll, that's our goal, really. That we know you love bourbon, we do too, you know, and we're going to do plenty of bourbon events. We're going to pick some bourbon barrels. We're going to do all that kind of stuff. We're going to have that for sale. You know, um, our members will get the first opportunity to buy those bottles, and once that gets you know gets done, but ultimately what we want to do is expand their palate. And um, we, we fell in love with some of these other spirits, and that's what we want to offer them, just that opportunity. You know, you can go to plenty of places and do a tasting. You can go to you guys. You can go Westport Whiskey and Wine. It's a great selection of stuff. But it's bourbon. Mm-hmm. So where do you go if you want to try a bunch of scotches, you know, for a reasonable price and do a flight and, and get some education? I'm sure there are, are a couple places in town, but it, it's difficult. We did our blind flight uh, last week at Commonwealth Tap. Um, it was a it was a bourbon crowd, and I was shocked at how many of them liked the Canadian rye. I was shocked how many liked the Scotch, and I was really shocked how many of them liked the Indian whiskey. Mm-hmm. I can so, I can honestly say I'm, I'm, this is just the Dylan Ignorance podcast. Um, I've never had an Indian whiskey. I have also never um, had an Indian whiskey. Well, um, we can we yeah, can we'll definitely fix that. Fix that. We yeah. can fix it yeah. up. Um, I mean, I'm really liking you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's another thing about the site. It's it's making new friends. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of give you my backstory. I mean, I'm one of these guys that, you know, start, you know, I'm 50 years old. So, you know, I, my first drink was, what, 1989 or somewhere. And it was probably before, well, it was before that because I grew up in West Virginia. You know, we could drink beer. <laughs> it was legal up until 86 to 18. And then Reagan threatened our wonderful state with highway money and federal funding and so forth. So we had to raise 21. I think Florida was 20 at the time. And they had to raise theirs and Vermont. 
Damn it, don't y'all want family time? <laughs> Alex and his friends go off to West Virginia and get drunk. <laughs> See, that, we, we would go to Canada. We'd go to Canada, yeah. 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 So, well, he's from Ohio, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. wants the show. He's from yeah. Ohio. Anyway, but um, I, I never drank really anything else but bourbon. I worshipped at the altar of bourbon for over 25 years, longer than that, really, I guess. But my neighbor, who's a, a Scotsman, um, Back around 2012, 13, he started introducing me to, to Irish whiskeys, which I, they're easy to drink. They're really easy to drink in the summer. You know, just the standard stuff, Jameson, um, Patties, uh, uh, Bushmill, um, Tullamardew, and so forth. And we do some of the other higher-end stuff. Some might do a Powers, you know, a 12-year-old Sherry Cast Finish. Or, um, but um, he still knew that I liked bourbon a lot. And... We're sitting there, and we've had a lot of bourbon that night. We've had a lot of, of, of um, Irish whiskey. He slips me an Akatoshin. I had no idea what the hell it was other than it was triple distilled, and I thought it was an Irish whiskey. But it smelled something else I'd never smelled before. It had kind of a bourbon. I was like, what the hell is this? And he told me you know, what it was, that it was an actual scotch, a single malt scotch that was um, about an eight to 10 year old blend. It was the Akatoshin Classic at the time. It's been replaced by the American Oak, but um, it's a first filled uh, bourbon barrels, meaning that you know we've taken, they've taken our barrels here in Kentucky mm. or, or elsewhere in the United States. Beam barrels, it seems. Uh, well, a, it, it's Beam Suntory. Suntory. Mm -hmm. It is. Uh, Akatoshin is owned by their parent company, Beam Suntory. Mm -hmm. so. They also own Bowmore and they own uh, Glengarrick and um, God, probably a whole slew of others. Mm -hmm. um, but um, anyway, it blew my mind. I I thought I hated scotch. I didn't hate that stuff. Yeah. I loved it. And then it just kind of was like a gateway. I hate to say it. I, Funny you know, how that works. You know, I, I needed Nancy Reagan on my shoulder telling me, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> just say no. And I was this like, is no. the most Reagan references we've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's two in like... Yeah, yeah. He, he just well, said he, he was he old. Get, was, <laughs> man of the 80s. <laughs> but, um, but I, too, you know, I, I met our president, and he's kind of the nucleus of this group. And, um, you know, I was going up to Total Wines, and I was going to the Liquor Barn, and um, uh, this gentleman also worked in Frankfurt for the government, so I got to, to know him, and uh, we've become pretty good friends, and over the summer, we just started to discuss, you know, let's let's create a society. I mean, something surrounding around fellowship more than mm -hmm. anything. I mean, you know, we're geeks, we're whiskey geeks, we really are, mm -hmm. and um, you know, um, and we enjoy learning about that. You know, I enjoy learning about the history and the craft and the people who make up whiskey culture around the world. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, um, I also enjoy, uh, you know, some of the synergy aspects that we have, you know, with the spirit industry. I mean, here in Louisville, especially someone like me, I've lived here full-time since 91 and been visiting the city since the 70s, but lived here since 91 full-time. Um, I've seen the food, you know, we've become a foodie town. Mm -hmm. I mean, my Lord, mm -hmm. you know, really good food. And the, the culinary industry is, you know, so focused here now. And they've created relationships with spirits. And, you know, um, you start going to restaurants, you know, you go to... Um, the, the, the chef that used to be the chef out at Azalea's, he's now has uh, John Berenice, who has the Berenice yeah. restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, start having barrel picks and creating relationships with Maker's Mark and Jim Beam and, 
and then you know Chef Edward Lee, you know his book. You know, well, he's so got the Jefferson collab. Yeah, he and you know he's got that's a wonderful thing. The chef's collaboration, mm -hmm. the, the rye bourbon blend. I like that stuff. Yeah, um, and that stuff's become those have become events. I mean, and not just something that's like a one-off where you get them every now and again, but every month there's someone new coming sure. in to talk about a product and they're pairing it with food, um, and you know. We've we've been lucky enough to talk to some some local chefs and some of the people that we partner with to to go in and try those and sit down and literally say like, well this might be better if we grab this off the shelf and do that. And it's just like this amazing experience where you get and it's not even just all about like the drinking and everything, but you legitimately have a good time just no, sitting there and doing a, it. And you start a, to get to know people a lot mm -hmm. better. It's a gastronomical community type experience. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly, that was one of the things, the impetus behind creating the society. I mean, Tony and I were talking about what we'd like to do. And some of my favorite events, you know, whether you're going to the Bourbon Classic or you're going to, um, 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 uh, what is it, the Bourbon Affair in the summertime, or if you're going to the Bur Kentucky Bourbon Festival. You know, the events I like going to are, are the ones where, you know, a chef will prepare a four course meal or oh, yeah. a pairing. Um, you know, I, I, I went to an event uh, that was held down at, uh, I think it's Cresso's, is that the, down in Bardstown there? It's the old movie theater that got turned into a restaurant and mm -hmm. bar. And, and um, went to an event there and it was Chef John Berenice and he was doing a Jim Beam event. And he did a four course meal, it was fantastic. But everything was infused with Jim Beam products. There was over 11 bourbon expressions he used, plus three different cocktails that went along with the event. Wow. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I like doing this. And <laughs> yeah. I had a good time. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that we want to do as our numbers grow is, you know, create events, you know, with, with chefs and, but, you know, people like Weedon Michaels, you know, in, in Central Kentucky up there in Midway, um, you know, Chef Everett Lee. Um, but, uh, you know, I would like to talk to these people about creating events for our society and, and doing pairings or, or Steve Coombs, you know, someone, you know, he does a wonderful kind of sip and savor event where he pairs country hands. I know you all were talking about that mm -hmm. in a previous podcast. Uh, um, Will it? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Well, he's done. I mean, I, I did an or I attended an event with him and got to talk with him afterwards for a little bit, and um, he was promoting his book Smoke uh, on smoked hams, and um, but he did a pairing with Jim Beam products, and they were fantastic. And what I liked, everything was locally sourced, but mm -hmm. except for one of the hams. One was uh, the famous one out of Tennessee, the Benton's or uh, this is yeah, Benton's. Benton's. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, but the rest were all local because I mean, you know where your uh, spouse is from, um, Danielle's, uh, you know, the ham days. Good old Marion County. That's, that's yeah. me too. Well, you yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. You know, what are y'all famous Dylan's for? Cut your hands. What's your name again? Cut your hands in marijuana, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've been drinking. And then we had to start over again afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to pour a little bit more whiskey. But, uh, and so, yeah, here we are. Everybody's so, growing up here. It's country hams and marijuana from... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So all this kind of speaks to just the the rise in, in bourbon's popularity mainly and the benefit that that's had on the city, bringing chefs here, bringing great restaurants, bringing tourism dollars in. But I guess I wanted to get your all's take really quickly because one thing that stuck out to me on your website is you have in big bold letters at some point, if you get caught selling any of our barrel picks on the secondary market, you will be banned. But I guess it just speaks to, I guess, the fact that there is a secondary market and there's these products that oh, people are. are chasing. and. Jason and I said, like, you know, we, we are both part of that. We go out and kind of chase some of these allocated products and keep up with things that are coming out. And then you two said, we're not. It's we're not we just, yeah. Well, it's I don't. Our thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't do that. I mean, for example, I was, um, 
I was in a liquor store over the weekend and picking up some bottles, and they had the new Diageo's gotten you know the, these you know the the whole Game of Thrones brandy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you know they've got everything from their Johnny Walker to the what was it the Whiteman White, White Walker, Walker uh, the then, White Walker yeah. yeah. And then they've got uh, Oban, um, Kanish, Dalany, uh, yeah, Lagavulin, um, Cardew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, these things are hot on the secondary market. You know, uh, then I texted uh, uh, Jason. I said, you know, if you're interested in these things, because they're they're hot, and you know, you can buy them retail right now and flip them for two hundred dollars. You know, I don't. It blows my mind. I mean, it's then, just yeah. whiskey, Pete. And then like, yeah. along along those <laughs> lines, yeah. it, you know, along those have. lines, something that we someone that we mentioned um, was the infamous crotch shots <laughs> that you get <laughs> oh, on yeah. the secondary uh, market, yeah. which are <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean. Yeah, I, I got me a pappy tin. Yeah, well, I, look, I'm I'm excited too when I get, especially I get something at retail. But I can wait till I get home and put it on my counter, and, and if I really need to you share, need to brag about it. Yeah. instead of as if you don't know what that is, it's basically you know not to not to hate on anybody. You do no. what you need to do, yeah. but like you know, a lot of people when they get a bottle of something, they'll post it on the on the Facebook page or wherever it is for the secondary market, and they'll just put the bottle basically in their lap in their car. So you see their steering wheel, a bottle of bourbon, and then like. And then their jeans or whatever, yeah, like a little bit of just maybe a little bit of bulge. Yeah. And it, you know, as we were talking about it, as you were saying, you go wait till you get home. I was like, just put it in the passenger seat. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Put the, like if I'd be ten times more interested in buying your bottle if you put it in the passenger seat and put a seatbelt on it. Yeah. I'd be like, that's funny. I'm gonna call this guy because well, after it's been in your crotch, I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. I want it anymore. So, yeah. Not sure. Yeah, not sure yeah. if that's what I want. But, but now you it's, know. I think part of like the bourbon thing right now is the thrill of the chase to some degree. Absolutely. I mean, oh, there is. There's walk into a liquor thing. store and you see this bottle on the shelf and you light up and you're like, oh my God, that's really here. And it's, it's at retail. This mm-hmm. is this is great. And you're compelled to buy it. And if that's a $100 bottle versus a $100 bottle of, of scotch, like you guys said before, that might be super sought after in anywhere overseas <laughs> or any, anywhere else, I'm going to take the bourbon because I know I'm not going to get a chance to get that again. Well, right? Here's what's funny. It speaks to that. So my, my wife is, is so awesome, but she's not a drinker. So, But she will chase bottles more than me. Yes. I mean, she knows <laughs> well, exactly what to look for. What She'll be texting me, I'm at Liquor Barn. And they, you know, she gets excited. She likes the thrill of the oh, chase. Oh, she though. loves yeah. it. And, and it's so awesome. And, and she, she loves the history. She'll go to all the tastings. She'll, but she's just not a big drinker. But mm-hmm. she's just amazing to, to sit through it with me and, and help me chase it. And, and it's, it's just great. It's something that we share, but she doesn't even really enjoy the... The yeah. final product, you know. Well, see, yeah, like so. Kate, my girlfriend, she she does like to enjoy. We like to enjoy our bourbons quite a bit. But she's also one of those big big people on like, let's try something that we haven't had before. Yeah. So we went over to we went to Total Wine um, not too long ago, and she was just like, "All right, we're in the bourbon section." She was like, "My treat, pick something you've never had before." Okay. She's like, "Just go and grab something." Um, she was nice enough for me. She hadn't had it before, but I actually am a big Knob Creek fan. Okay. So, but she got the uh, the single barrel, the one twenty, and, and it was the total wine pick. And yep. It's it's phenomenal. Yep. It's great. I'm probably gonna go have a glass of that when I get home. But um, I I grabbed something from uh, Oregon actually, but it was uh, it was from Bend, Oregon. Okay. So it was mm-hmm. Oregon Spirit is what it was called. It was something I'd never really seen before, and it was it's it's okay. It's not a terrible product, uh, but it was just like all right, I'm gonna go on a limb and just try something out, and she'll try those stuff with me too. But like it is that thrill of the chase oh, of looking at something and grabbing a bottle and being like, I've never seen this before. Yep. Um, you know, whatever catches your eye. So yep. 
Yeah. So it makes it fun. I fully get that. I mean, it just it just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I was that guy with you know like I wish it didn't appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna camp out. <laughs> well, no, I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not gonna camp out about it. I, mean, I walk yeah. in on a Friday night, you know, liquor barn. This was back, you know, 2013, 14. <laughs> you know, there's a line all the way out. It's like Black Friday. This is you know October. I go in to get what I want, you know. I just want to go in there and get me a bottle of Big Red, you know. <laughs> my 12-year-old Elijah Craig, not knowing what the future was going to be. But, yeah. um, but you know, there's, it was right there on the shelf. I yeah. get it. Thank you very much. 28 bucks. Yeah. And they were probably there in 2000. What, what year were you referencing? This is like 14. Yeah, so they were probably there to get uh, like some stag or Yeah, something. this is yeah. two years. Probably yeah. a good two years before Big Red was going away. Yeah, um, and... I, I, when I first started getting into it, I, I'm not. I can't harken back to these days of yore when I just would buy Pappy 23 off the shelf or anything. But <laughs> you know, a little bit of hustle. You go around town when the antique collection came out. You find several bottles of uh, Stag, maybe some Handy or something like that. But now it's just it, it's almost impossible, <laughs> it and it, it's a little bit depressing. It's um. I went. I was down at uh, Asheville, North Carolina, back in the late summer. My uh, wife was running in the uh, Spartan down there, and. Um, so I took time while she was running. I went around to the ABC stores and I saw, you know, the the um, Isaac. Uh, is it the Isaac Bowman? That's mm -hmm. the port finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bowman Brothers. It's been out since spring. I can't find it on the shelves here, or you know, I couldn't for a while. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! I, did they flip everything that comes out of Buffalo Trace? <laughs> I mean, it's attached to Buffalo Trace. Yes. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you can't find it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't find it, mm -hmm. and I'm like, come on, guys! I mean, they do it twice at Buffalo Trace, and then they send it over to Fredericksburg. Leave it alone. Cause well, I, look at Weller Special yeah. Reserve. I was buying that at Kroger for thirteen dollars. Yeah, mm -hmm. people are waiting in line for the it. Seven yeah. year. <laughs> this past Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, I I coach wrestling over at uh, Manual. And I had a wrestling meet this past Saturday. So my wife drops off me and my son, and she goes to get breakfast, and a little liquor barn opens at 9. There's a line. What, what's going on? And she goes in, and it's literally Blanton's, Weller Special special Reserve, and maybe some other store. It's in Hancock. Yeah, yeah. Some, something like that. Pick, yeah. and people, Andy, were you in that line? I was not in that line. <laughs> 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 no, proud of yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I see all the, I see all the alerts. The fact there's a line for Weller Special Reserve is just, it's insane. It's, it's to that is insane. I mean, you know, I was grabbing, that's my wife's favorite bourbon, actually. She likes weeded bourbons, so she likes Makers, she likes um, Special Reserve, she likes Larceny. And I'm showing her, there's other options. Like, look, yeah, I can get Larceny real quick for you, honey. I yeah. can get, I know the Mashables are different. There's different approaches to making those weeded bourbons, but they're nice. I mean, they're nice, soft bourbons. They are. She yeah. likes them, so. I want to miss the old Fitz. Oh, I, mean, I got, yeah. I've got about a half a bottle of the old Fitz bottle and the, the yeah. old, yeah. And I, I just, it, it just kills me to pour it because I'm yeah. like, I know once it's, it's gone, gone, it's gone. You yeah. have to go, yeah, you have to go to Lars. Every bottle have done that. Or the decanters that are yeah, yeah. seventy nine. Walking yeah. by the room over there and see. Um, <laughs> so we're kind of getting to the end of our, our typical time, um, but I feel like I could talk to you guys about this forever. If someone that's listening or myself uh, wanted to join the Central Kentucky Spirit Society, what do I do? Well, you can contact us. Um, there's several ways. You can go to our website. Um, our website is um, centralkentuckyspirits.com, Central Kentucky and that's uh, centralkyspiritsociety.com. Um, you know, we're like I said, we're really about fellowship. Um, you know, but also, 
it's a way to make new friends. It's made to meet, socialize with like-minded people, you know, who are passionate about these things that we're all passionate about, you know, um, the craft, the history, the heritage, and, and, and the people who make up spirits cultures around the world. We want to create um, great networking opportunities within our collective society, um, not only with the members, but also with local businesses and so forth. Um, we want to um, connect with business, businesses that share our passion and synergy for the spirits industry. Um, I, you know, obviously a, a lot of uh, bars can do that, um, um, but also restaurants, um, niche places, you know, something like what Matt Jamie has at Bourbon Barrel. I mean, we, we like these places. Mm -hmm. so. Um, you guys, you know, your yeah, own business is incredible. For sure. So, so will, will people get to maybe go on Barrel Picks if they join? They can. We have two levels. I love going on Barrel Picks. <laughs> we have, we have, we have yeah. two levels of membership. We have a basic, which, um, as Jason uh, said earlier, you get uh, not only to become a member, you also get a neat glass. Um, all society um, events, you know, you'd be notified about and so forth. And uh, uh, we would also, any discounts and so forth, we'd pass that on to the membership. And then you um, have the first opportunity once we buy barrels to buy a bottle. Absolutely. And that, that the first level of membership is, is $80. Mm -hmm. um, and then for one, mm -hmm. 110 um, you get everything in the basic membership, but then also the opportunity to go on the barrel picks with us. Very That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. How many of those do you plan on doing? Uh, once we get really rolling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as many as we can. Uh, you know, as Matt said, you know, we already you know, did the ride. society gets bigger. Then obviously the barrel picks get bigger. Yeah, yeah. And you know we really we are well connected. We've not only reached out um, to the bourbon industry. We've had some visits already down to Strong Spirits. Um, we've also reached out to Signatory, which is a Scotch. Um, they're an independent bottler out of Scotland. Uh, we've reached out to Pierre Ferrand in France with cognacs and Armagnacs and brandies. Uh, we also um, have an event uh, coming up in uh, I believe in January or February. I'm not exactly sure what date. But we'll be posting it soon. But we'll be doing a tasting uh, with uh, Plantation Rums, and their ambassador, their brand ambassador, will be leading the tasting. And uh, and, and of course, uh, we'll be doing a barrel pick. So very nice. So, so is I know you guys are actively recruiting members right now. But is there a, a number you have in mind? You're you're drinking out of this Glencarn glass over here from the Bourbon Society, and I used to go to that maybe five years ago. But it got so big that I feel like you well, couldn't even interact, and it was just like a spectacle. Well, you know, like is I was there a happy you, medium? There is. I think um, our sister society, the Frankfurt Bourbon Society, they cap theirs at two fifty. Okay. Mm. And I think that's probably what we'll do. I mean, that's yeah. You know, that's that's um, that would it's be a good number. That's a good number. Yeah. Know? Nice um, and round. Yeah. And you know, um, obviously, we can break off into smaller groups. You don't want to. A society to get too unwieldy, you could actually lose your 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 tax exemption. You know, it, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, there's a you got to stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, we're not about making money. We're about yeah. furthering the goals of the society, which is just recreation and pleasure. And the pleasure is obviously, you know, we love spirits and we love the industry and we love, you know, the, uh, the things that surround that. You know? Well, I think if if if, if you join, get in now. Um, I think you'll be glad that you did. Uh, you won't be disappointed. With, you know, and we haven't even talked about some of the things that are in the works that you know yeah. we're, we're just not. I don't want to put it out there and have it not work out or, or be a false advertising. Off the record, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're on the record, right? <laughs> yeah. Now. So, <laughs> so we're not going to talk about. Not like the first. Not like the first time. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, yeah. First time we recorded. Well, well, yeah. Once we sign off, then we'll, we'll uh, uh, go we, off the we record. We do have a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised at how many people have contacted us about things. Yep. 
And um, that's what really has blown my mind. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've had people around the United States contact me about the society. Yeah, you don't have to live in Kentucky. Right, that's another really important thing. We've had had two people actually join from Florida and one from Colorado. That's awesome. Yeah, that and and we will figure out a way to get bottles to you. You know, you're obviously welcome at all our events um, with plenty of notice. Hopefully, you know, you can make the trip if you don't live in Kentucky. And this is for all levels. This is for beginners. Yeah, and for people you know who are seasoned veterans. Yep, something for everybody. There is something for everybody. but the main thing is, is you know, like I said, to, to meet and socialize with, with like-minded people. Um, educational opportunities uh, with, with Tony and Steven, our vice president, Kenny, uh, who owns uh, Commonwealth Tap, um, myself, Jason, uh, Candace, uh, any of us um, could easily lead classes, you know, uh, tasting classes and so forth. And um, one of the things that we want to do is not only um, do educational classes but also you know connect with with ambassadors and have them run that class so well um, I think being a resource I think when I first got into this you know you you don't want to spend your money you know on something that you're not gonna like and mm -hmm. so getting to know the group and being able to say oh I've had this and you know I know your palate a little bit and and also you know yeah I mean that's where I love and I, I don't mean to keep plugging Westport whiskey and wine but anytime I debated a bottle especially if it was pricey I just go in there and get a five dollar pour, ten dollar pour, and make make a judgment on whether it was worth one hundred fifty bucks. That's you know, absolutely. and that's kind of what we want to be that resource. You know, too, the, you the, know? the flight that we had uh, were four premium whiskeys uh, the other night, and um, where else can you do that here locally? I mean, we can do all kinds of bourbon flights everywhere, but we we don't see anybody pouring flights around the world. And yeah. oftentimes you you have to be very brand specific. So you know, being able to be that's kind true. of agnostic and say okay we're going to do something from across the world we're going to do a scotch we're going to do a bourbon we're going to do a whiskey like you don't get that opportunity a whole lot so i know i appreciate what you guys are doing it was really cool to have you all in to to talk to us about you know what you're doing i know that you thanks for coming into our studio here yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely if you guys ever get a wild hair and want to start your own podcast we're more than happy to be on yours cross brand cross promote one of the things we have thought about doing is as we get rolling and we have uh, brand ambassadors come, set them down for you know 15 minutes to half an hour for an interview and then post that on sure. our Sure, absolutely. So, and we thought about doing a, a whiskey roundtable, which we'd love to have you guys for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would well, love to participate yeah, in that. That Bourbon Pursuit does that quite a bit, and then mm-hmm. they're always entertaining. And yeah, but, those you know, guys but doing great. it with World Spirits, that'd be kind of yeah. neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Dylan, you want to sign us off here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, go and check out Central Kentucky Spirit Society. Again, that's uh, www.centralkyspiritsociety.com. They're also on um, Instagram and Twitter. So Instagram is Central Kentucky Spirit Society, and Twitter is CKYSpirits2018. Uh, you can also check us out, Sour Mash Tours, uh, at www.sourmashtours.com uh, and at Sour Mash Tours on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we're so glad that you guys came in. Uh, Jason, Matt, we really appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you in the, in the future. Uh, and until next time, guys, cheers. Right. Cheers, everybody. Slanche. Tweet, 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 tweet
Rock and Robin. Treat. 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 Treat.